Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks, welcome to the new podcast. Sorry, it's been a couple of weeks. We've just been super busy and hadn't had a chance to sit down and give you some insight on dog training. So I thought today I would just do a quick podcast on counter surfing. A lot of people have problems with counter surfing. Uh, their dogs are stealing things, whether it be off the coffee table, the kitchen counters, the kitchen table. So how do we deal with this? Well, if you go back and talk about our rewarding of self-rewarding behaviors and non-self-rewarding behaviors, uh, you'll see that counter surfing can actually be either. If a dog is jumping on a counter and there's nothing on the counter that he can get, then it would be considered a non-self-rewarding behavior. In other words, the dog is just jumping up, scanning the ground, seeing if there's anything there. There may be something, but the dog can't reach it. It would be considered non-self-rewarding. It would only be a self-rewarding behavior if there was something that the dog could get that was rewarding. That might be a dish towel if the dog likes to play with that. It could be a paper towel if the dog likes to tear up paper. And of course it could be food, bags of food, anything of that nature. So how do we deal with dogs that countersurf? Well, the majority of people when they have a dog who countersurfs they will typically see the dog on the counter and they immediately tell him no and tell him off or down. But I want to remind you that most people use down for the dog to lay down on his belly. So we'll just go with off. So the dog learns that, okay, when I jump up, I can sit here and scan this until someone yells at me. So what we're teaching the dog, we're not teaching the dog to not 
counter surf. We're not teaching the dog to not jump up there and see what's up there. We're basically teaching the dog to not do it when we're in the room or to do it until someone comes in and tells him otherwise. Well, this may work just fine when you are in the room because the dog will not do it when you're in the room. However, when things get stolen off counters, kitchen tables, uh, coffee tables, typically it is happening when there is not a human around. So how do we fix this? Well, we want a dog to learn that no matter who's in the room or who's not in the room, that jumping on counters, surfing on counters, kitchen tables, it's just not an option. But in order to teach that, we have to actually give the dog the option. And I know you're thinking, well, this is crazy. So we're going to let the dog do it. Yeah. So, you know, let's go and talk about a puzzle. If you were to put a puzzle together and let's say we were putting a puzzle together and every time you were picking up a specific piece to try it into a spot, I stopped you and you would put it back down and you'd wait a few minutes. You tried again. I would stop you. And every time you pick that piece up, I said, no, that, that piece doesn't fit. That does not work. Well, you may stop trying that piece of puzzle whenever I am sitting there. But what's going to happen as soon as I walk out of the room? Yep, you're going to pick that puzzle piece up and you're going to try it. Because even though I've told you that that puzzle piece doesn't work and it doesn't fit, as a human, as someone with a brain, in your own mind, you have to check it yourself. And when you try it yourself and you see that it doesn't fit, it no longer becomes an issue. So you see, with dogs, everything they do is a puzzle piece. If we stop the dog from trying, then the dog is going to just wait until we're not in the room to try it. And in that case, the dog may get a reward. Therefore, it works. The dog's going to do it again. So the way we're going to fix counter surfing or stealing things off tables is you're going to first make sure that there's really nothing that the dog can get. So you do want to set the dog up for success. You want to make sure that everything is pushed back, that there's nothing that the dog can get um, on the edge. Same with your coffee tables, kitchen table. Even if you're, you know, eating dinner and the dog likes to scan the table while you're eating dinner, you can just push things back so the dog can't reach it. As long as the dog is unable to get anything off of a table, a counter, then you are going to ignore your dog doing that. I know you're probably dropping your mouth right now. Um, open mouth breather. All right, so what we want to do is we want to allow the dog to jump on the counter to see that this isn't going to work. This puzzle piece does not fit. Now, unlike humans, where we'll, we'll try something one or two times because we are advanced in our brain, dogs are not going to just try one or two times. They may try over a period of a couple of weeks, randomly jumping up and counter surfing or checking the kitchen table, uh, the coffee table, whatever the case may be. The dog is going to try it many, many times. We want to make sure that every time the dog tries it, there is nothing on the counter that he can get as a reward. Eventually, depending on how stubborn the dog is, the dog will just stop trying because the dog has learned there is never a reward, so I'm just going to stop doing it. Now, if there is something on the counter that your dog can reach um, and earn as a reward and you're there, 
then you can interrupt the behavior to keep your dog from stealing something or to keep the dog safe. And our interruption needs to be very simple. The interruption is not a correction. So when you interrupt, you want to quietly, which means saying nothing to your dog, remove your dog from the counter, either gently by the side of the collar, which means gently with one finger putting your finger in the collar and just gently removing the dog off the counter and saying nothing and then go about your business. Or you can just walk right through the dog like you didn't even see him and he's going to be interrupted in that situation. The biggest is do not make it a correction. The dog will only learn to do it when you're not there and in that situation we can't teach. So you can interrupt if there's something the dog can get. If there's something there but you can push it back, you can still ignore the dog for counter surfing. Now, we can't just teach with the ignoring and the interruption. We have to make sure we are acknowledging the dog for the right behavior. So when you are in the kitchen, around the kitchen table, uh, around the coffee table, anything of that nature, when you are around those things and your dog is being good, which is four on the floor and not stealing things, or even counter surfing, being up and looking, you're going to acknowledge the dog what amazing dog he is. And you're going to tell him good boy and you're going to toss him a treat and reward him and tell him what a good boy he is and constantly acknowledge that behavior. So he learns that jumping on the counter and counter surfing gets me nothing. There's nothing there. There's, there's no reward. However, if I'm in the kitchen with mom or dad and I have four feet on the floor, there's a really good chance I'm going to get rewarded. So that's what I'm going to do because dogs do not waste their time doing things that do not earn a reward. If your dog is doing a behavior, any behavior, it's rewarding somewhere. They will not continue to do a behavior that is not rewarding. So keep that in mind. If your dog is doing something, then either it's self-rewarding and you've not interrupted it, or you've acknowledged the behavior, like jumping. Jumping is one of those things that is not rewarding unless you make it rewarding. Right? So if the dog is jumping and you throw the ball, the dog is jumping, you tell him to sit. The dog is jumping, you tell him off. dog is jumping, you pet him. You, dog is jumping, you say his name. Those are all acknowledgments. So you have to make sure that if the dog is doing something on a regular basis, then it's being rewarded. And if your dog is only countersurfing when you're not in the room, then you basically taught them that they can countersurf unless someone is there to interrupt them. And let's be real. Dogs don't steal things when we're, when we're really sitting there, at least adult dogs. Now, puppies will grab things and take off, but when we're talking countersurfing, things are not stolen because we're right there. But I want you to be able to leave that steak on that counter, walk outside, turn that grill on, and come back and that steak has not been touched. And you can have that. You can have a dog who will leave something alone on the coffee table, while you go do something. And it does take work. It, this is not something that is oh, one and done. It does take some work. But I have done it with my Roddy that I had for about 11 years. She was super, super smart. And I really taught her that we just don't take things unless it's given to you. And I tested it. I tested it with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I put the peanut butter and jelly sandwich um, on a plate on the coffee table and I went and took a shower 
and I thought, well, I'm going to take my time taking the shower because if she's going to eat it, it's going to be done in about five to ten seconds as I've started the shower. I didn't say leave it. I didn't say anything to her. I just went and took a shower. And when I got out, that sandwich was still sitting there, not touched. And she was just laying in the floor in between the bathroom and the sandwich. And I thought, okay, I've really helped her to understand that I am the giver of all wonderful things. And if she just waits and, and is patient, that a lot of times she will earn things. And you know what? She got that sandwich. I gave her that entire sandwich because she was such a good girl. And I was impressed. I was pretty proud of her. I really, there was a part of me that totally expected her to eat that sandwich. But it just goes to show that if you start out teaching the dogs that, hey, you know what? Try things. And when you see they don't work, you'll stop trying. And you'll learn that if you are good and you do certain things, that you'll earn pretty much anything you want. And it was the same with her with cats. She loved cats in a, in a good way. And she loved chasing them just for fun. She had her own cat. And when we would be out in public and in a neighborhood and she was off leash, she would see a cat. She wanted so bad to go chase them, but she knew that it was inappropriate unless I gave her permission. And sometimes I did give her permission, you know, because I knew she wasn't going to hurt them and the cat was going to be safe. But let's take that cat and substitute it with a squirrel, a rabbit, uh, a water bowl, a leaf, a stick, a ball. All of these things, if you can teach your dog that, look, you can't just have them when you want them. In other words, you can't just pull me to the water bowl because you're thirsty. Because if you allow your dog to pull you to the water bowl because you're thirsty, you're teaching them that pulling works because they're getting something they want. Even though it's something that you would give them, you shouldn't allow them to pull you to it. Because if it works once, they're going to try it again. And then they're going to try it again with that squirrel, with that rabbit. So all of it is just combined. It all connects. And if you can start simply with counter surfing and start with things in the, in the home, can make a huge difference you know sit down if you if you're like me and you like to eat um you know on the couch at the coffee table whatever if you're sitting there eating don't tell your dog to go do something don't tell him to go lay down use that as an opportunity to teach him to leave you alone when you're eating without saying anything because it's an expectation not a command it's an expectation those are two different things expectation is i expect you to do it regardless of what i'm doing regardless of what i say and a command is do it when I ask you to do it. I want my dogs to learn expectations, not just commands. When you sit down and eat, if your dog comes over, just cover your plate up with your arms or hold it up. Turn a little bit if you have to. Let the dog sniff and see if there's anything there. Now, if you have a ninja dog that's really fast, then you may have to prepare and set yourself up a little higher. But if you have some slow dogs that are just kind of sneaky, then you can easily cover that up. And ignore the dog. When the dog finally gives up and lays down, what a good boy. Yes, that's going to probably make him get up and try again. But you continue to ignore. He'll eventually learn that, oh, if I just lay down, then I might get something. If I can do that with a cat, you guys can do that with your dogs. Okay, I've taught my cats to leave my stuff alone when I'm eating. And, you know, sometimes they earn rewards. Now, our dogs are pretty good. The puppy is learning. The puppy is learning to not be staring or trying to get into the plate. So she is finally learning that we, if you just lay down, sometimes you get something. Sometimes you don't. But you got to be doing the right thing to have the opportunity. So remember, set those expectations. Don't just command. 
and start with countersurfing. And start today with countersurfing. Even if your dog has been doing it for years, you can fix it. It's just going to take longer because your dog's been rewarded for it or you've taught your dog that, you know, you can only do it when I'm not in the room. But start, you know, acknowledging your dog for four on the floor in the kitchen or keeping his nose off the coffee table. You know, a lot of times people will see their dog sniffing the coffee table and sniffing, let's say, um, a plate with something or that had something on it, and the dog is just sniffing the edge. People immediately yell at the dog. Well, that just means the dog's going to wait till you're not there to sniff and then lick the plate. How about we just watch the dog interrupt if the dog starts to lick and then reward the dog if the dog leaves it alone. Let's stop making things such a big deal and teach your dogs the expectations instead of the commands. So that's what I have today. I'm a little under the weather as you can probably hear. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long couple of months. It's been a long year. Uh, so I'm hoping to have a few more podcasts out um, this year, remember Halloween is coming up, so please don't be scaring your dogs with costumes and scaring your dog with masks. It's it's not funny. The dogs, it scares them. They don't understand it, even though they may smell you. And then, you know, if they smell you and they know it's you, and then you scare them, there's a trust that's going to be broken. So let's not scare the dogs, please. And if you do have a dog that is insane with the doorbell or knocking, you still have time to associate treats with that doorbell and that knocking. Go back a couple of podcasts. We talked about that so that you can get your dogs to understand that the doorbell and the knocking means good things in the house and nothing coming into the house. So that's what I got for you this week. I hope you guys have a great week. This weather is beautiful here in Tennessee. So there's no excuse to not get your dog out and work them, train them, teach them, set those expectations, change your behavior so that you can change your dog's behavior and have the relationship with your dog that you really, really want. Uh, it's possible. You just have to change your thinking, looking for those things that you like, put some responsibility on your dog and reward people. You've got to reward your dog and not just with a good boy, good girl, and not just with a pet, because let's be real, most of the time when we pet our animals, it's for us, not for them. So you got to make it really worth their while. Some type of resource, ball, toy, going for a walk, seeing somebody, treat, their kibble. Find something to reward your dog, not all the time. You're still going to use your verbals and your pets, but you can't just use verbals and pets while you're teaching. So keep that in mind, guys. Become that dog speak geek that I know you want to be. Be sure that you spread the message. Uh, tell everybody about this podcast. Let's educate people across the world. We need more dog speak geeks across the world. And make sure you like us on Facebook. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. Check out the website. We have tons of videos that you can also watch. Hopefully in November, December, when things slow down, we'll be doing more videos for you guys. Um, so that you can actually see these things that I'm talking about. And of course, if you do have ideas for a podcast, please shoot us an email, info at dogspeak101.com. Love you guys. I really appreciate you. And I know that your dogs appreciate you listening to me so that you can better their life and your relationship.